0: The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Good morning and welcome to OPCC. I don't know if you journal, but I do, and I think if you uh, start the discipline, you'll find it's a very powerful experience that you can refer back to from time to time, and the Lord will use it um, to encourage you. Um, He'll use it to bring you through difficult times in your life, He will use it to Sometimes you're like, what? What?" I'm trying to remember what happened. You start reading things, and you're like, whoa, I forgot all about all of that. This is an entry in my journal, 62413. Last Sunday, Father's Day, I got home from church, and before I ate dinner at about noon, I got a call from Chad. He had been camping at the lake with my niece and her family. And Whitney got a call informing her that my brother Jeff had tried to kill himself. I talked to my brothers, my other brothers, and my mom and waited for news. In less than an hour, I got a text saying, he's gone. I went sort of numb and in shock. We loaded the kids in the car and made the five-hour journey back to Oklahoma, and most of the time I just wept, thinking about my brother. Sometimes we might answer the phone. There could be a police officer on the other end informing us that there's been an accident, and we've lost someone. Your boss could call you in and tell you they're terminating you because they're eliminating the position. Your spouse can tell you that we need to talk. And they begin to inform you that they've been unfaithful. Your parent can call you in and say, your father and I are getting a divorce. In that moment, you feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. Like it just, it doesn't feel real. It seems like time just freezes. And it feels unreal, but it's not. You're speechless. You don't have words um, to say. You don't know how to respond. All The only word that comes to my mind in those experiences is the word no. Like, this can't, this can't be happening. But it, in fact, is happening, and pain and trauma begins to set in. And trauma is a real thing um, that happens to us when we go through events like I've described. And no one understands pain and trauma like Jesus, which is what we're talking about in this series in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says of Jesus, Peter says, He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. So Jesus like, we look at that in the physical trauma that his body underwent. It was like, <laughs> you watch the passion of the Christ, and you, just, you have to turn your head during parts of it. You're like, this, this can't be real. But it, in fact, historically, when we study the account, um, it, it was. But what was happening to Jesus on the inside was even deeper. The Bible says that before he um, was betrayed, the night that he was betrayed, that Judas betrayed him, he was in the Garden of Eden, and he was praying. And um, some of the gospel writers say that um, his sweat became as drops of blood. And there's a real medical condition called hematidrosis. When you're under such great emotional stress that tiny capillaries burst and mix with your sweat glands, and you can literally sweat blood. And that's what was happening with Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. And he was about to take on the sin of the world. As a matter of so, he's going to pay, um, in, in in the flesh. God in the flesh is going to pay the debt for the sins of humanity, all of humanity. So you you just think about when something happens to you, um, and and someone thinks something about you that's wrong. Man, you just think about what happens inside of you internally. You just want justice. You want to just make it right. You're like, how could they think that about me? How could they think that I would actually do something like that? And you just, you want to right the situation. So here's Jesus, like, like he's done nothing wrong, yet he's about to take on the, the penalty for the entire human race and all of our sin. And so he understands what it is to be wounded. Um, he understands what it is to be wounded unjustly. And so certainly he's going through pain. He's going through trauma. And so the reason that he's sweating the, the, the drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane is because he knows what's about to happen. And, and he knows he's about to take this on. And so there's an incredible amount of pain. Like he knows that Judas is gonna betray him. Like he had just said a few hours before, one of you who dips your... A hand in this bowl with me is going to betray me. And then he looks at Judas and says, go what you, do what you must. And Judas goes and betrays him. Like he knows it's happening. He knows that, that Judas is a friend of his that he cares about. And that not only is he betraying him, he's just making a mess of his life. And so he's dealing with, like Jesus is dealing with all of this. And I say all that to say that, man, when you go through a painful experience, and you will if you have not, like, like, you will go through painful experiences, and are like it doesn't matter if you follow Jesus or not. Pain is a real part of living, um, and it happens to us. We begin to discover as we go through life; um, it, it just it, it often increases. Um, we have our first heartbreak, and it's painful. Um, but man, like. Sometimes things happen that hurt, and it intensifies. And just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean you're immune from those painful experiences. People who love Jesus go through pain all the time. And and when we look at this verse, and it says that by his wounds, we are healed. And Peter's saying that to the church. He said, look, not only are we, are we healed from the sin that, that we have committed and separates us from God, and there's a spiritual healing that brings us back into a right relationship with the Lord, but after we've experienced that, we will go through painful things. And Peter did. Like, Peter knew Jesus, and, and he denied knowing him as Jesus said he would, and he felt like a complete failure. He just fell flat on his face. And so he's writing to us, but, but the Lord healed me from that. And so I, like, what the Lord wants us to take away is that when these things happen, there's a process to go through. And we got to heal from them so that we can become complete people. When he says, by his wounds you are healed, it is the word eeomai, and it means to make whole. And there's nothing better than to encounter a person who's been made whole and understands how to stay whole. You see, after you meet Jesus, like there's there's just an incredible amount of joy that usually is tied to that encounter, your first encounter with Christ and the forgiveness of your sins. And and it's just, man, it just feels so good on the inside. And you're like, I'm whole. Well, there's there are things that happen after meeting Jesus that fracture us. Like that we're we're told to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus, and die to ourselves on a daily basis, because um that we're told to do that because the old man, even though we die to ourselves and, we, and Christ is risen anew, like the old man, the flesh is still here and he tries to reign and rule and he, he, he gets us off track sometimes. Sometimes just because we are obstinate, we don't listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and we do things that, that cause wounds in our lives. And, and so the idea here as we talk about healing is that, that, that the Lord wants to continually heal our brokenness. And when, when, when things happen and you go through an experience, whether it's something you're responsible for or not responsible for, the Lord wants to walk you through that moment and he doesn't want you to walk past that moment. He wants you to walk through that moment and he wants to walk with you and he wants to make you whole. He wants to make you complete. And the more that you get into a rhythm of allowing the Lord to do that, the more you will surrender the deep chambers of your heart and the more complete of a person you will become. And this is what it means to move beyond Jesus as Savior. And understand him as Lord. You see, I'm convinced that most of you in the room today know him as Savior. But I'm not convinced that everybody knows him as Lord. Because when a person begins to understand Jesus as Lord, freedom begins to roll out of their lives because they understand that there are places that they want Jesus to become Lord in, and they want to yield to him in that. And as they yield to him, he makes them whole in that area. So there's brokenness that the more we can key in on where that brokenness is and and invite Jesus to come in there and and be Lord in that place, the deeper the healing and the more complete people that we become. And that's what the word Ieomai means. And the very purpose of Jesus is to bring that kind of completeness and healing to us. And so there's hope for the hurting there, that we learned about last week, but there's also power in our pain. God's greatest desire is to heal our brokenness and show us how to live. Now, why is God interested in doing that? Why Why is God interested in going into those dark Deep, painful places in the chambers of your heart, to where you have brokenness and heal you from maybe a, a past relationship, um, abandonment um, from someone in your life, um, just feeling like you, you totally messed up. Why does God? Why is He interested in that? One, uh, number one, it's because you are His kid. If you know Him, like that's what salvation is all about is restoring our relationship to the God of the universe. And so now we are the children of God. And what father doesn't want to see his child be whole and complete and making the most out of life? That's one reason. The second reason is um, he has a kingdom that he's concerned about. And his whole objective is advancing his kingdom on the planet and bringing glory back to himself. And so the more complete you become, the more freedom that rolls out in your life and the greater visibility the glory of God has in the world. And so as you're doing life and you're walking through different experiences at at work, at school, in the home, and you're allowing the Lord to heal you, then what happens is he pours glory out in your life and the more of his glory he pours out in your life, the more you realize how good life is. And that's the abundance that Jesus talks about in John chapter 10. There's this this warfare going on where the enemy is trying to steal away God's glory. And the Lord is wanting to pour his glory out upon his creation and show us off as trophies of his grace. And so Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But there's a thief that has come to steal that. And, and he will make his way into your life, and he will try to lead you astray. This whole passage of Scripture is taught as Jesus being the shepherd, and, and that the, the thief tries to come in another way. He tries to climb over the fence, and he tries to lead the sheep astray. But, but the good shepherd leads them in and out through the gate, and we can trust him to keep us in this whole and complete place and to pour out his grace upon our life for glorification. And so he has an interest in healing us because he loves us and we're his children. He has an interest in pouring out his glory in our lives because he wants to advance his kingdom. And the way that he does it is um, by showing off to the rest of creation what he's like. When you take, I mean, like it, it's the answer to the brokenness in the world. You take a, you take a human being who is allowing the Lord... Um, to reign in their lives. And the animal kingdom benefits from that. Like, like if you have a pet and the owner is broken and strung out and, and, and from time to time goes on a binge and just gets just drunk, pretty good chance that a dog might get kicked, right? But you take a guy who's walking with the Lord. And, and, and he's letting the Lord reign, and he's strung out on the Lord, and he just stays in that place. He begins to see value in the pet. Like, like it impacts everything. It impacts everything in the world. All of creation is witnessing the glory of God being poured out on humanity, and the more we get comfortable with letting that grace roll out in our lives, the more freedom will roll out of our lives, and, and evangelism just starts happening like evangelism is not something that should be difficult for us to do sharing our faith with other people and making disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ should not be something that is difficult it should just roll out of us why because the grace of God is rolling in us and he's making us so complete and so whole that when we are next to a broken or incomplete person there is a a huge contrast not because we're trying to make it appear so there just is And so it gives us the opportunity to speak truth into that individual's life. And that's what the Lord wants to do in us. And so today we're going to learn how God uses wounds and pains within the kingdom. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30 is a very interesting verse. Um, It's a proverb that teaches us, blows and wounds cleanse away evil, and beatings purge the inmost being. Blows and wounds cleanse away evil and beatings purge the inmost being. Now, <laughs> the good news is I'm not gonna beat you today, all right? But you look at that verse and you're like, wow. Like that's not one you see on a t-shirt, right? You see, I can do all things through Christ. So you can imagine seeing a guy running up and down the court, and he's got on the back of his shirt. Blows and wounds cleanse away evil, and beatings purge the inmost being. That's not a top seller right there. But we do learn from it that there's power and productivity in pain and wounds. Sometimes, (laughs) you're not going to hear this in every church you go to. Sometimes God will literally wound and heal our souls to make them stronger and better. Listen to this verse in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 26. The moon will shine like the sun and the sunlight will be seven times brighter like the light of the seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals them the wounds he inflicted. Wow. So suffering can be good at the hands of God. That's what we're we're learning from the the scripture today. But it also can be terrible and caused by evil uh, that God never intended. And we have to to understand and differentiate the two. Sometimes we go through painful situations and it's not God involved in that at all. It's because there's evil in the world. Um, And so it's uh, it's, it's vital for us to be able to differentiate between the two things. Sometimes God is allowing and causing a wound to be inflicted in us. The the writer of Hebrews will tell us that as a father chastens his children, so God will chasten us, and it's a loving thing for Him to do to discipline us. And so there are real times that that happens, but there are other times that it happens because the world is just evil. Um, there's a writer by the um, uh, 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 he's a, a, a psychologist. Um, his name is Doctor Henry Cloud. He's written some great books. I think Boundaries is one of his books, but he, he writes, um, and he, he gives us an illustration to help us understand the, the difference between the two. He says, suppose you left work one evening, and a guy in a mask walked up to you in a, a dark parking lot, stabbed you in the stomach, left you unconscious, and took all your money. We said, man, that's a thief. That, that's a robber. We need to call the police and get him. But suppose you left one day and drove to the hospital, and a guy in a mask came to you in a brightly lit room, took out a knife, cut, in, cut you in your stomach, and took all your money and left you unconscious. We call him a doctor, right? So one, they're both kind of doing the same thing, but one is, a, is performing, a, one is a mugging, and one is a surgery. And so that's, that's kind of the way this works, is that suffering is like that. One is therapeutic at the hands of God, and the other is destructive at the hands of evil people. And so a lot of the wounds that we see today, a lot of them, I think, are, 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 are because of that, because of evil existing in the world. And, and we have to be able to recognize um, what's happening. Every wound that you experience is not caused by God or sin. Some are the result of evil. So, so God, but, but what I want you to understand is that God will use both of them to grow you. And what you never want to do is when someone is mugged or finds out bad news, you don't want to say something like, God is trying to teach you a lesson. Like, that would be foolish, okay? Because we don 't know a person knows only the only person that knows whether or not the Lord is chastening them or, or it 's of an evil experience is is the person themselves because they can adequately look inside of their hearts and so sometimes the pain is the result of evil, but I want to share with you that regardless of whether whether it is, is is the Lord trying to bring you along in a journey or it is um because of the evil itself being existing in the world, how do you respond? One of the things that I think is helpful is, is triage. I call this triage 101. So understanding when a wound takes place, um, and they do, like, like, like they will happen. It's how do we, what do we do? Well, there, there, there's things that we need to understand. First of all, when you're wounded, trauma will shake you to the core. Like trauma just shakes you. So you you can start feeling like man do I not have faith? What's going on with me? It's natural to be shaken when you're wounded. But here's what happens and here's why I say well yeah, I get that. But do you really? Because often when we're wounded what we do though we're shaken and we're 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 really incapable of rational thinking because it, it just everything seems unreal what we will do a lot of times is just push people away from us when it's the very time that we need to bring people in close to us. And so we need the people of the Lord to come around us and help us navigate through these experiences because when we experience something like that, we are shaken. And so trauma will do that for, uh, to you. Here, here's the second thing as you're triaging wounds. Broken hearts always ache. What do I mean by that? As long as your heart is broken, it's going to ache. If some of you have have a broken heart over something in your life that has happened maybe a year ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it will always ache. You say, well, no, it won't. You just don't realize it's aching. I went around for a long time um, with a toothache. My tooth was bothering me and I kind of just started taking some ibuprofen. And I thought it was kind of fine. I went to the dentist and I said, you know, I'm getting a little bit of discomfort sometimes when I, when I drink something. And so she looks, no, you, you definitely got a cavity uh, d- down in there, right? <laughs> and so, uh, so she, she went to work on me and she fixed it. And I noticed the next day, man, I just felt better. I was walking around with a grimace and didn't realize I was in pain. And that's because there was something inside of me physically that was broken. And so that's that's what happens with a broken heart, is sometimes we can push it down, we'll find other ways to deal with it, and we don't even know that we're in pain from uh, uh, something that has broken us a long time ago. And so what you have to understand is that broken hearts, as long as they're broken, they're always going to ache, and you may be dealing with a lot of aching in your life that you have uh, just really become accustomed to. Here's the third thing, hard hearts never heal. You see, what can happen is you can get hard to a situation or a pain. You can, someone can hurt you and you can take the uh, position of, I'll show you that you did not hurt me. I'm strong enough and I'm tough enough that I can do this. And so your heart becomes hard, it will never heal. Like you might show the person, but what good does that do? What good does it do if you're going through life and you're broken and your heart is hard now? and you, it is hard and, and becomes sort of bitter because you're trying to navigate through life and some things that you are supposed to become complete in, you've just shoved them down into a deep place and you're not allowing the Lord to do his work on you, to do his surgery, and so that heart has become hard. And guess what happens? The grace of God cannot be manifested in your life because if your heart gets hard over an issue that you've been hurt by, it will impact your attitude. It always does. It impacts the way that you treat other people. It impacts everything about you. And so hard hearts never heal. And, and here's the one that I really want you to take away is that humble hearts always become healthy. Hearts that become humble and begin to look and go, why is this happening? What is going on? What do I need to do? What is the Lord trying to say to me? And they just continue to walk with the Lord. If you face your wound with humility, you will heal and you will experience Eomai wholeness, completeness. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, and now, now here, here's the deal is that what I want to encourage you about uh, in is that I want to say, hey man, the Lord will heal you. Whatever is broken in your life, whatever you have been wounded by, whatever, how, it doesn't matter how far in the past it is, the Lord will heal you. The thing I want to be real with you about is that it won't happen overnight. It, it, it takes time okay, and we'll talk about forgiveness and healing a little bit more next week, but I think we have to be real about that, is that we have to have hope, and we have to know that the Lord will heal us, um, and and he will forgive us, and this is what I'll share with you next week, he will forgive us as soon as we confess sin, Um, but when brokenness comes, like, sometimes it takes time for us to heal, and so that, so we need to be aware of that. Now, here's the thing, be encouraged by this, the Lord never wastes a hurt, like, never, Whatever you've been hurt by, whether it be because the Lord is chastening you and trying to bring you along, or because evil exists in the world, or because the world has just fallen and bad things happen, sometimes to good people. The Lord will never waste that. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3 says, sorrow is better than laughter, because a sad face is good for the heart. And so a sad face is good for the heart because sadness goes away and the heart becomes happy. That's why the psalmist says there's joy comes in the morning. Like, Joy comes in the morning. And so even though uh, we go through these experiences of of, of being sad and and broken, there's a time where the Lord will heal us and the joy will be returned uh, to us in those experiences. Embracing pain and suffering is like putting on armor and protection. So so the deal is, is that, men we're kind of taught in this American culture is that when you go through a wound or when you go through pain, you got to be an American and you got to buck up and you got to be tough. Men, if your mother dies, you shouldn't cry at the funeral. That's absurd. But, but we live in this society where just, you shouldn't cry. Like, it's not manly to cry. Why do you have tear ducts? Why Why didn't God just put them in females if it's okay for females to cry and men not? We're supposed to. We're supposed to, like, process pain. We're supposed to be comfortable with it. We, this, this bravado, this, this, this image that we try to, be like, I'm tough enough, I can do it, I, it, it, it just really screws people up. And so what we have to understand is that the Lord never wastes a hurt. And so when we go through a painful experience, the best thing that we can do is open our arms wide and just embrace it. Just grab a hold of it. Don't try to run from it. Don't try to get too busy. Like, when someone passes away, the natural response, like for the person who, is supposed to grieve, what they will do is they will get busy. They will move into immediately all the guests coming to their house, seeing them, and then that kind of dies down. And then they start the uh, um, planning of the funeral. And then they got to take care of all the bills. They got to figure out, you know, getting all the bank accounts changed. And they just continue move, 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 move. And they never do slow down and grieve. And the Lord would say to us like, we, too, we, we need to embrace it, and we need to grieve. There'll be time for these other things later, and so we, it, it's easy for us to get really busy and push it down, and then we kind of get numb to it, and we've used the busyness of life to sort of inebriate us from the pain that we've gotten comfortable from, and so now we've taken that trauma, and it has sort of lightened up a little bit. Our bro- broken heart is aching, but we've pushed it down far enough that we've allowed it to get hard because we've never grieved properly. The same, is true for any wound that happens to us. And I would even say this, it's much more difficult to get over a wound and a loss by someone who's still alive than it is someone who's dead. If someone abandons you, like it, it can be one of the most difficult things in life to get over, is that they've just left and 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 so th- like they had a choice to leave if they die at least you know well something happened to them and you can sort of process through it but when they're still living and they've left you and they don't want to be a part of you anymore that is a painful experience but we need to understand that the lord will use that experience in order to grow and stretch us when pain is faced with a healthy response we grow and god uses us uses it so so god the lord never wastes a hurt suffering <laughs> like write this down so that you're ready suffering can take us to places with Jesus where comfort cannot go like like suffering will take you on a destination with Jesus that comfort doesn't even know the, the way. It's not even there. Like you, you can't, so if you're in a, a constantly uncomfortable place, you will never know the depth of the grace that can get you through a very difficult wound that you face in your life. And, and so that the, sometimes like there's a measure of grace that is poured out in a person's life that others of us never know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to experience the grace that takes me through um, the healing of losing my spouse because I still have my spouse but there are some who know that. I don't know what it's like to go through the grace and experience the grace of the Lord to take me through the pain and the wound of of losing a child because I've never lost a child. But if I were, I know if I were to lose a child, I know that the grace of God is available to me and I must embrace that and let God heal me and complete me where I'm broken at because it's going to be a very painful thing. And so the Lord will never waste that hurt. Listen to what Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. It's like the Lord is, man, like, like I'm complete today. I don't have a broken thing that the Lord is trying to work me through. But man, I have. I've had the situation with my brother, I've lost my dad, and then I've had things where I've just fallen flat on my face. And it's, it's taken time to bring me through the process of healing, but oh, the, like the joy and the intimacy with the Lord as I just humbly embraced it and allowed Him to do His work on me. Like the, the, the sweetness of knowing the Lord that through the healing of those experiences is something I, I wouldn't trade for the world. Like, when it, the, the pain was awful. I'd never want it again. But, man, I'm going to tell you something that, that, like, I've gone to places with Jesus that I never would have known had it not been for the painful experiences I've had. And so what I want you to know is that when you look at, at the pain in your life and when, when those things happen, like the Lord wants to be in that and that's what Romans 8 is teaching us and that he works it all out for the good when we love him and when we will embrace it, Jesus will take us to places and that suffering the comfort will, will never go. And so you have to embrace it. And so when it comes to pain, we have two choices. We either live with it or leverage it. And what I'm talking about is leveraging the painful moments and realizing the Lord is trying, he will take me on a journey, whether that pain is caused by the evil in the world or that pain is caused because God allowed me to do, uh, experience something because he's trying to bring me to a destination that I stubbornly won't listen to otherwise. And so we can embrace both of them and the Lord will use it. And so the old adage is no pain, no gain. And so you have to leverage your pain, and good pain leads to growth. Listen to this. Good pain leads to growth. Bad pain just hurts. What's the difference between good pain and bad pain? Good pain is that you embrace it. And you realize the Lord is going to use it and he's going to, uh, you, can be lev- you can leverage that experience and the Lord will take you on a journey. You have to let him do his work. The past, when you're looking back on the past and you're going, man, all of the, it's easy through painful exp- experiences to have regrets about what, what's going, what happened. And you, man, you just beat yourself up. You just kick yourself all the time. And so the past should not impact the present unless it is bringing wisdom there. So in other words, your life should not be cheapened and stolen by the enemy because of regrets you have in the past, unless it's bringing wisdom into the present. I talked about last week, you know, maybe you've gone through a, a divorce. And do the Lord want you to go through a divorce? No, the Lord would never want anyone to go through a divorce. And, and so you look back on that, and, and sometimes it can carry a lot of guilt and shame, and you carry that through life. That is not how you should be living if you know the Lord. You are not allowing him to create that in you. He is to make you whole and complete. The only thing that should come from that experience into the present is, is once you go through the process of healing and let the Lord take you on that journey. The only thing that should come into the present life you're living is wisdom to help you to live your life from this day forward and to help others around you. And so you can't let the regrets of past mistakes come and take away and steal from your life in the here and now. And so the past should not impact the present or it will it will take away from your life because there's pain there and it can do that. And so, but when we go through a healing experience, then something happens in that completeness and life is um, more joyful. And so here, here's as we get ready for the big idea, I think one way to help illustrate this is um, to talk about an experience I'm having right now that I'm, I'm dying to share with you. Bowling. Like one of my buddies, man, like he talked me into buying a bowling ball. You see, if you buy a bowling ball, the game of bowling is totally different. And so I took the plunge and bought a bowling ball, and it is totally different. I mean, that ball will... And when it does, man, you want to walk away and stick out your chest like, I just did something great. And so I got this bowling ball and started bowling. And, and so here I am bowling. And, man, you just want to throw that thing. You want to throw that thing. And we've been going bowling um, on Sunday nights. We go over to Olathe East. And, man, the Lord, he's been doing stuff at that bowling alley. We're just meeting people. So we're just out there having a good time. And some of the guys from the church show up. And so it costs. It's 50 cents a game, 50 cents for shoes, and 50 cent drinks. So you can afford it. Like you can bowl four games for $5 so me and Coop and Preston and Shay and Dan Wolf and, and Landon and some other guys, if you want to come tonight, we'll be over there about 8 o'clock. Uh, you need to get there about 7.45 because they fill up real quick. But we're just going over there having a good time and the Lord is, it, it, it's, it's fun. Well, I started this bowling, man, and so I'm throwing the ball and my leg is just starting to hurt. Like when I first bought this thing, I'm like, I'm trying to bowl. I'm having so much fun. And then every time I go up there, it's just like I got so much pain shooting from here all the way down. It feels like there's a metal rod, like somebody took a metal rod, and they're just hitting it with a hammer, driving it right down my bones. It's like, man, I got this ball, and I'm enjoying bowling, and I can't even bowl. And so, uh, like, it's it's not any feeling anymore. And so I go, I I tried it again uh, on another occasion, and my buddy says, man you need to go see Dr. Zhuang. I said, who in the heck is Dr. Zhuang? This is a guy that he understands and he will correct your pain just by working on your body. You go see him and he, he will work on you and he will fix it. And so I'm like, well, I got to do something. And so I go over there and man, like he, he punches around on my leg a little bit and he, he starts working on me. <laughs> I'm telling you, he is like pushing on my legs so hard in places. I, I'm wanting to cry, but it also, it feels so good. I asked him what time I said, I just like I had my head down in that thing. And, and I said, what are you rubbing my leg with? Is it a ball of steel or what? He said, it's my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> And so I asked him, I said, wait, wait, can I start bowling now? He said, you could, you, you could start bowling right now if you want, he said, but you'll be right back in here to see me. He said, you wait till I tell you to bowl, you bowl for the rest of your life. So I waited, I worked, I invested money on, on him, and, and doctors, man, he, not only can I bowl now, I still am limited, I can only bowl about five games without paying the next day and without paying while I'm bowling. But my knee quit hurting. Like there was my, I've had trouble with my knee for years and all of a sudden my knee is not in near as much pain as it was and I can walk and stuff. And so it was all related to this deep tissue injury that I had on, I guess what it's called the IT band that he was just working it out and stretching it all out. And so w- w- what what am I trying to illustrate here? Well, the thing is, is I let him come in there and my quality of life has gone way up. And here's the deal. If you will let Jesus use pain, he will grow your soul. Like If you just keep shoving your pain down in there, all it's going to do is make you walk through life with a limp in your soul. But if you will open up and just go, you know what? I, I have to be honest. Like I'm hurting from this experience in my life, whether it was 20 years ago, two months ago, or two hours ago. What what I I try to do is I try to recognize as soon as I've been wounded. Sometimes I'm just wounded by just a verbal thing that somebody says, and it's not near as deep a wound as what I've been describing through this talk today, but sometimes people say things that wound you and they hurt. I immediately assess, and I know when I've been wounded because I start rehearsing it over and over in my mind. I've told you guys this before. If you want to know what's bothering you, mow the yard, because when you get in the mow zone, you will know what's going on in your life. The home of that mower, mm, and you just start thinking about people. Why am I thinking about that person all the time? Why am I thinking about the way they treated me? Because you've been wounded in that. And that's what, like the mozone zone is a great place to uh, analyze what's happening in your life. So let the Lord in those areas of your life where you have been wounded, let him use those things and that pain to grow your soul. And so my question for you is, as we, we land the talk today, how are you processing your pain? there's only three approaches we can ignore it we can allow it to make us bitter or we can leverage it and allow it to grow our souls and that's where the abundance comes from thank you for listening to audio from overland park community church in overland park kansas for more information visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc